Well, good morning and welcome to Front Range. How are you guys doing this morning? You doing well? Come on, so good, so good. My name is Brandon and this is my wife, Jackie. And uh, we are so excited to be with you today, whether you're joining us online, out in the courtyard in the heat, or here in the nice, cool room. We are stoked that you are here with us at Front Range, uh, where we exist to help people build community, discover their purpose, and grow in their faith in Jesus. And so whether this is your first time with us uh, or you're here every single weekend, uh, our prayer and desire is that Front Range could become a home for you. Before we dive in, I got a couple announcements. Everybody say next week. Next week. Next week, we have Tailgate Sunday, uh, where we are going to have a party. Uh, we are going to have a nacho bar. Um, I don't know if you know what a nacho bar is, but it's pretty much the coolest thing ever. It's like a lot of nachos. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Trust me. Uh, we're going to have some inflatable games. It is going to be a blast. So make sure you get yourselves, your kids, your neighbor kids here. Uh, it is going to be a great time. And then also next Sunday, we are doing baptisms. Now, we love baptisms. Uh, here's the cool thing about baptisms. If you haven't been baptized, you can do it next week. Uh, we believe that that is the next best step for you in your journey with Christ if you have not been baptized. It's a, a public proclamation of what God has done inside of you and the change that he's brought about in your life. It symbolizes uh, dying to our sin and being raised again in Christ. And so if that is you, if that's your next step, I want to encourage you, just check the baptism box on your Connect card. Uh, you can drop it off in the offering boxes or you can take it to the blue tent outside where Janie, or, or Janie, wow, where Johnny ran from uh, <laughs> earlier. We're all messing up. Uh, but yeah, get baptized. If your kids want to get baptized, you can put that information down there as well. So uh, make sure you do that. Hey, before we dive in, let's pray real quick. Jesus, we just come before you. And God, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are faithful. God, we thank you that you are here in this room with us. And God, we ask that you would just speak to us. God, that our hearts and our minds would be open and ready to receive from you. God, would you remove all distractions? God, would you remove anything that might be hindering us? And would you speak directly to us today? In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, today we're wrapping up a series called No Offense. In this series, we've been talking about how we can live a life with no offense, how we can walk through the offenses in our lives. And so week one, we talked about how to let go of our offense. And week two, we looked at how we can choose to be right or we can live or we can choose to have a life and live a life of forgiveness. Um, week three, Pastor Johnny talked about how we deal with those people and how we walk through offense with others. Yes, those, those people. people. And then uh, last week, Pastor Ernest talked about bitterness and how um, bitterness unchecked will consume us. And so um, if you missed any of those messages, you can actually watch them online, and I would really encourage you to do that. This um, series has been really impactful and really powerful. So today we're, we're going to talk about something that's kind of been uh, a common theme throughout the entire series, and that's this idea of forgiveness. Every single week we've, we've hit on it, we've touched on it, uh, but we're going to figure out how do we as people of Jesus walk through the anger, walk through the offense and the vitriol that we see throughout, throughout the culture of, of today, and how do we actually get through this? And it, it really starts with this idea of 
forgiveness. It, it starts with forgiveness. So if you have your Bibles, um, pull them out. We're going to be in Luke chapter 17. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. It's going to be on the screen behind me. If you don't have a Bible at all, we would love to get you one. You can get one from the blue tent outside as well, or you can download the YouVersion Bible app. That is a great free resource. Um, I use it every single day. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 17. In verse 3 through 5, this is what it says. It says, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, Rebuke them. Yeah, some of us want to stop there. Like, yeah. I don't know about you. I'm really good at this point, like pointing out where people have done dumb things. I'm really good at rebuking people. Like, if there was a, a, a league, like the NRL, I'd be what, drafted number one in this. What, what's the NRL? It's the National Rebuking League. I'm oh starting gosh, it today. Okay. It has begun its first season. If you'd like to be drafted, come talk to me after service. <laughs> a lot of us love to stop here, but it continues. And it says, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times they come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. But do we really have to forgive people when they offend us, when they hurt us? Like, they don't deserve it, so, like, why? Like, they're the bully, like, why do, why do, like, why, why? Well, because God tells us to forgive. God calls us to forgive. I remember when Jackie and I had just gotten married. We had been married about two months, and we got into the biggest fight uh, that we have ever been in. Let me clarify the facts here. That was not the biggest fight. That was one I of mean, the biggest fights. One of, one not of, the biggest. All right, we'll go with one of. <laughs> one of the biggest fights. I, I, I was coming home from work. Jackie was home. And uh, so I called her, and I said, hey, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to bring home dinner. I'm not going to cook dinner. I'm going to pick it up. Where do you want? She said, I want Wendy's. And I said, yeah, that's my girl. We love some Wendy's, except here in Castle Rock, it's hot garbage. But that's a different story. Sorry, touching a nerve. They said, awesome, I love Wendy's. What do you want from Wendy's? And she said, I'll take a Coke and a cheeseburger. And I said, awesome, I'm going to get a number six, because it's my favorite. Anybody know what a number six from Wendy's is? Spicy chicken. Spicy chicken. All the way over there. You get, you get a cream pie for that. <laughs> Aaron's on staff. He said it too, but that doesn't count. So <laughs> spicy chicken, the best spicy chicken on the market. Don't come at me. You will lose. So I said, I'm getting a, I'm getting a meal. Do you want a meal so you can get French fries? I tried to hook my girl up. You want some French fries? And she's like, no, I just want a Coke and a cheeseburger. So I did what any husband should do. I asked again. And I said, are you sure you don't want French fries? And she said, no, just the cheeseburger and the Coke. I said, I got you, girl. I go through the drive-thru, I make my order, cheeseburger and Coke, number six, okay? We get home, we sit down. Uh, hold on, there's another fact to this story that I think everyone needs to know. Um, so just like in Friends that Joey doesn't share food, Brandon doesn't no. share food no. with anybody Amen. and anywhere. Come on. Okay, we'll pray That's for you later. That's the support I need. <laughs> Thank you. I feel validated. Like, this feels no. good. no. It feels good right there. Continue your story. So, so we sit down at the dinner table. I pull out her cheeseburger, put it in front of her. I grab her Coke, I put it in front of her. I grab the bag. I pull out my spicy chicken sandwich, I put it in front of me. I grab my French fries, put them in front of me because they're my French fries. I grab my Coke and I start eating. <laughs> and then my amazing wife with her behemoth hands reaches over <laughs> and doesn't take one French fry. It's like a... <laughs> takes all of my french fries. I'm left with like the friends at the bottom of the bag. Like, and she starts eating them. And I'm like, what are you doing? I want some french fries. She says, no, 
I asked you if you wanted french fries. You said no. Those are my french fries. Okay? What I should have done was nothing. <laughs> I still haven't learned that. My french fries. And so we get in this fight. We start arguing. We start yelling. The fight ends with french fries being thrown at my face. And I'm just going to I'm not going to say who threw Those them at my face. don't matter. But I can't throw them at myself. Okay? <laughs> Jackie storms off. And I'm bitter. We're mad for days. We don't talk for at least three days. It was a long time ago. But at least three days. We didn't talk. Like, I was angry. I was angry. Yes, okay. We, I think I'm overcoming now, We get it. We get it. Forgiveness is hard, okay? Especially, apparently, when it comes to French fries. It's hard. But, um, you know, it may be, not be something that we like to do, right? And we may be right in our unforgiveness that they wronged me, so I'm right in being angry, and I'm, I'm not going to forgive them because I'm in the right. But it's what God calls us to do. Throughout Scripture, this is what God asks us to do and to forgive others. Last week, we looked at the story of the servant who was forgiven so, so much. We actually looked at how in today's dollars, he was actually forgiven $9.7 billion. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Yet even though he was forgiven so much, he still chose to turn around and not forgive his, his own servant who only owed like $1,000 or close to, a, you know, thousands of dollars, Right? He chose to not give that forgiveness. And right before Jesus tells that parable, Peter actually asked Jesus about forgiveness. And in Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 21, Peter asks, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus responds to him and says, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. 70 times seven. Seven. And if you're here in the room today and you're trying to do the math in your head, let me go ahead and help you out. It's a lot. It is a lot of times. But what Jesus is doing here is he's not giving us an exact number of, well, this is how many times you can forgive. And after this number, you can stop. Don't ever forgive that person again. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that we should never stop forgiving. We have to continually be forgiving others. And when we hold on to this unforgiveness, it like, it's like tying it to our lives. It's kind of like this. You know, I have these, these balloons here and, you know, there's things that happen in our life. People are going to offend us, right? We live in the world, so people are going to offend us. You know, maybe something happened in your life with a parent, right? Maybe a parent put too high of expectations on you. Maybe they walked out of your life or maybe it's a spouse. Maybe you're going through a divorce right now. Maybe your spouse didn't share french fries with you. <laughs> Maybe it's a boss. Maybe they said some harsh words to you, or maybe they gave someone else the promotion that you deserved, but they gave it to someone else instead. Or maybe it's a friend who said some awful things about you, or who maybe betrayed you in some kind of way. And I've got one special for you, babe. Hold on. Maybe it's something like french fries. That's the offense that you're holding on to. I'm going to clip that one right here. said so. Right? And... So these, when we tie them to ourselves, it's hard to see, right? They get in the way. They obstruct our vision, and we're not able to be free to walk out who God calls us to be because they're hindering us. And not only are they hindering us just on our own, but also people will begin to see that we're holding on to this unforgiveness because um, we'll start to treat people differently. It'll change how we respond to things because it just creates this bitterness inside of us that just eats away at us. And so we're not truly free to walk out who God has called us to be because we're not doing what he's asked us to do. And that's to 
forgive. But when we let go of those offenses and we turn around and we forgive people, whether they deserve it or not, whether we are right or not, when we let go of those, we, we let go of the bondage and the tie that they have to our life and we're truly able to walk out in freedom. Do I have to stay like this the whole time? Yes. Like, this is going to be very distracting. The whole time. No. Haha. We thought that through. So, <laughs> I, I believe there's a, a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to what forgiveness is and what it isn't. So before we actually dive into what forgiveness truly is, I think it's important that we, we look at what forgiveness is not. So we have three things that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness, number one, is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not saying it never happened, right? She still stole my french fries. That still happened. Okay, that's the last time we'll talk about french fries, right? The, the thing that that person did, their actions, their words, what, they, what they've spoken over you, like it still happened, right? It's still there, but we're choosing to forgive in spite of it. Last week, Pastor Ernest phrased it like this. He says, we're choosing to cancel their debt. I'm choosing not to hold it against this person anymore. I'm choosing to release it. We've got to forgive. It doesn't mean that we, we gloss over the incident. It doesn't mean that we minimize what was said about us. It doesn't even mean that when we forgive, that then that relationship has to be completely restored and we're back to where we were before the offense. No, forgiveness isn't just forgetting. Forgiveness isn't forgetting. Second thing is that forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not easy. You know what's easy? Being bitter. You know what's easy? Being mad. You know what's hard? Releasing it. Walking through it. See, we can either hold on to our unforgiveness, we can hold on to our offense, we can hold on to our bitterness, or we can step into healing. Forgiveness isn't easy. The last thing that forgiveness is not is forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is not fair. And this is where I get hung up a lot, right? Because I look at the world and I look at some people who do some pretty messed up stuff around the world and they can live a life like that, doing those things that hurt people or whatever. And then on their dying day, they can meet Jesus and accept him as their Lord and Savior and be forgiven and spend eternity in heaven. And that I'm like, I don't get that. I don't, I don't get that. But you know what? Thank God I'm not God. Thank God I'm not in control. Thank God that his forgiveness isn't fair. You know why? Because who doesn't deserve forgiveness? I don't deserve forgiveness. And y'all don't deserve forgiveness. And yet Jesus, in his grace and his mercy, gives it to us free, even though it isn't fair. Psalm 103, verse 10 and through 12, it says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He does not repay according to our iniquities, according to our sin, according to our evil, according to our behavior, but he removes them. He forgives us. So what do we learn? Forgiveness, number one, forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not forgetting. Number two, forgiveness is not easy. It's hard. Number three, forgiveness is not fair. And now that we've looked at what forgiveness is not, let's look at what forgiveness is. What does God's word say forgiveness is? Well, we found a definition of forgiveness, and it means 
a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or group who has harmed you, and this is the important part, regardless of whether they deserve your forgiveness. Regardless of whether they deserve your forgiveness. So what is forgiveness? First of all, forgiveness is at the core of our faith. It's at the core of our faith. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Guys, this is where it starts. This is where it begins. This is how we truly find freedom and live a life of no offense. It's first understanding that we were forgiven, that our debts, our, our sin, our offense, it was all taken on Jesus on the cross, that that was already taken care of, that even though we're human, we have this sin that God still chose to forgive us and to send his son to die for us in that forgiveness, to cover that with his blood, right? And it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter how many times we do it. It doesn't matter how far away from God we may go. When we can come to him and we can go to him and confess to him our need for him to come and forgive us, that we have done something wrong, he will forgive us no matter what, even though we don't deserve it because that's the reality. Just like Brandon said, we don't deserve that forgiveness. And that's the truth. That's harsh, but that's the truth is that we don't deserve that forgiveness. And when we understand this, We'll be able to be led to live a life of forgiveness for everyone around us because forgiveness is at the core of our faith. And that leads us to the second thing that forgiveness is. And forgiveness is giving others what God already gave us. It's giving what God has already given to us freely. He, he forgave us of our sins. And if we have received God's forgiveness, then why would we not turn around? and do the same for others. We receive that forgiveness, then we should be able to generously give back what's already been given to us. Colossians 3.13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. We're reminded in this verse to live a life of forgiveness, remembering just how much God has already done, treating others with the same patience, the same compassion, the same forgiveness that God gives to us so generously and so freely. It's like that forgiveness cycle that we've been looking at throughout this series, that when we are able to live a life, a place, living from a place of forgiveness, that we understand the weight that comes with that forgiveness that's already been given to us. We can live our lives from that place. So no matter what happens, because like we said, people are going to offend you. We live in the world. Something is going to happen. Someone's going to say something to you, do something to you, that it's going to offend you. And that's not our choice. But what our choice is, is to choose how we respond to that offense. That am I going to hold on to that? And I'm gonna, am I going to choose to be unforgiving and allow that to consume my life? Or am I going to make the choice to live like Jesus asked me to live, to do what Jesus has already done for me, to forgive others? Because forgiveness doesn't just flow to us. Forgiveness has to be something that flows through us. 
is we have to understand why does God want us to forgive? He wants us to forgive because he loves us, because he cares for us. He doesn't ask us to forgive others so that we can bring healing to other people. He, he wants us to forgive so that we can be set free, so that we can receive the healing. See, forgiveness is the key that sets you free from the prison of offense. I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness is the key that sets you free from the prison of offense. And I don't know if you've ever been in this prison of offense. I don't know if you've ever lived there. I don't know if you've ever occupied that place and, like, set up camp. But there was a, a season for about two years in my life where I chose to be in this place of offense, where I chose to hold on to unforgiveness. Several years ago, uh, this was a, a long time ago, um, I was fired from a job um, unjustly for, for no reason. And, and this was a job that we had given everything to. We had given our, our lives to, years and years to develop. And the hardest part was that somebody that I looked up to, someone that I loved, was the one behind all of it. And so we were, we were fired, we were, we were kind of kicked out, and I remember at that time, we didn't know what we were going to do, and so we decided to move across the country, we moved to South Carolina, and we lived there for just about two years, and I remember during that season, I was very, very bitter, I was very angry, and, and I knew it, right, Jackie talked about how it kind of changes us a little bit, this, this was changing who I was, it was impacting my relationship with God, it was impacting my relationship with other people, like, I was just starting to get angry, and I knew exactly what it was, I knew that I was holding on to the anger from that situation, I knew that I was mad at this person, and I remember, like, having times with God where God would be calling me and say, you need to forgive, you need to let this go, and I'd, I'd, be, I'd sit there, and it was almost like I was looking into his face, I was like, no, I'm going to hold on to this. Why? Because he needs to know what he did was wrong. He needs to know that I'm angry at him. He needs to feel my vengeance. Like, he, he, oh, he's got to pay, so I'm going to be angry with him. I remember after about a year and a half, a, a close friend came to me and said, hey, you need to let this go. It's changing who you are. And he said, Brandon, you will never step into the fullness and complete and be who God has called you to be until you release this unforgiveness, until you take this to God, until you forgive. It was impacting who I was. It was changing everything about me. I was driving home from work one day and I remember I was tired. I was exhausted. Not from, from that, but I was tired of this offense. I was tired of the pain. I was tired of the anger. I was mad at myself for being mad at this situation for so long. I was mad at who I was becoming. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you need to call him. You need to forgive him. And I remember starting to shake. Like I was nervous. I was mad. Like, can I control my tongue? Can I do what God wants me to do? I don't know. And I remember I called him. And we haven't talked in two years. Someone I talked to every single day for a long time. I hadn't talked to him in two years. And I remember talking to him, just small chat, and I said, hey, man, like, I just need to apologize. For the last two years, I've been extremely bitter. I've been extremely angry. I've hated you with everything that I was, and it's just consumed me. And I just, I got to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, and you know what, I'm choosing to forgive you as well. And you know what he said to me? I was silent on the phone for a minute. And he said, for what? He had no idea. 
He had no idea what he'd done. He had no idea that I was angry. He had no idea that I was staying awake at night just like mulling over the anger, like thinking of everything I would say to him if I saw him. Like he didn't know that it was eating me inside and changing who I was. He had no idea. And it was at that moment that I realized that the unforgiveness I was holding onto to hurt the other person was actually destroying me. And what's crazy in all of this is we wouldn't be here at Front Range right now without that season of moving across the country. After being able to, to release it to God and say, God, do with this what you want. In that moment after he said that, I just kind of laughed to myself, said our goodbyes and I hung up. And I remember just giving it to God and saying, God, you take it. And what would be awesome is if I said by the time I got home, like I was great. Like I was happy, everything was fine, but no, it's been a process. That was about 10 years ago now. And I still find myself going back to that and having to say, no, I'm choosing to forgive. I'm choosing to release. It would be amazing if forgiveness was just a one-time thing that then we never had to think about it again. But forgiveness is a process. But are we strong enough to endure it? Are we strong enough to walk through that process? I've been holding on to my offense so tightly that I hoped it would destroy somebody else. In the end, it was destroying me. But we've got to move forward. We've got to learn to forgive. And it's not about asking or it's not about looking at how much forgiveness this other person deserves. Because if we're honest, in my mind, a lot of people deserve about this much. And it's not about asking how much forgiveness other people deserve. It's about asking how much freedom do I desire. How much freedom do I want to walk in? And I can tell you that the Brandon that was holding on to that forgiveness 10 years ago and the, or the unforgiveness 10 years ago and the Brandon right now are completely different. And again, I'm still learning how to do it. I'm still choosing not to be the victim. I'm still choosing not to allow myself to be locked into that prison. And some of us are walking through very, very real and very painful hurts, very real offenses, very real anger. We don't want to minimize that. But there is a freedom that can come when we choose to say, I'm not forgetting this. I'm not saying it didn't happen. But what I'm choosing to do is turn it over to Jesus and say, you do with this with what you can. You might not change their heart, but God, would you change and heal mine? Because our forgiveness, again, isn't about the other person. It's about receiving a forgiveness and a freedom that comes from Jesus. I'm choosing to forgive. So what do we do now? What do we do now? Some of us, we need to recognize where we've been holding on to unforgiveness. We need to say exactly what it is. We need to bring it to light. We've stuffed it down for so long that some of us are like, I'm mad at you and I don't remember. We'll remember. Figure out why you're mad. Call it what it is. And then do something about it. Some of us, we might need to make a phone call. Some of us, a phone call is the last thing we need to do. Some of us, we might need to, to write out a letter, just letting everything out. And then we put, fold it up, we put it in an envelope. We address it, and we throw it in the fireplace. Some of us, we just need to go to God and say, God, I, I'm releasing this to you. And that might need to happen 100 times a day. 
For some of us, we need to take what's been done to us, what's been said about us, and we need to take it to the crosses during response time. We need to write it on that piece of paper. We need to pin it to the cross saying, Jesus, I'm choosing to leave this offense. I'm choosing to leave this anger, this pain with you. When I go back to my seat, it's released. Have your way. And then maybe there's some of us in this room who we actually need to seek out forgiveness. We need to be repentant. We need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe we've hurt someone. Maybe we've said something. Maybe we've done something. We need to go with the humility of Jesus and say, I was wrong. And again, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be reconciled. But maybe we need to own up to what we've done. The question is, are you willing to do it? Are we willing to forgive? Are we willing to release? Are we willing and trusting God enough to say, God, this is yours. Have your way with it. Bring healing to my heart. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to take faith to believe that even though I might not see justice the way I want, that I might still be able to walk in freedom. I might still be able to experience the peace of God. Are you willing to trust him? Let's pray. Jesus, we just come before you. God, we thank you that you are here. God, I thank you that you're meeting us right where we are in the midst of our offense, in the midst of the unforgiveness, of the hurt, of the broken relationships, of, of, of whatever it is that we're walking through. God, I thank you that you see us where we are and that you are meeting us exactly how we need to be met with your grace and your mercy. And God, for every one of us in this place, I ask that you would reveal to us what we need to do now. What unforgiveness we need to release, what forgiveness we need to ask for, what offense we need to let go of. And just receive your forgiveness. Receive your healing. Receive your freedom. And Jesus, I thank you that you give it without condition. So meet us here. Maybe you're watching online or you're sitting in the courtyard or in this room today and you say, I've got a whole lot of unforgiveness that I'm holding on to so much so that I've never even received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I've never invited him into my life. I've never received the gift of salvation. Maybe like me, maybe you're tired of holding on to that unforgiveness. You're tired of trying to do it your own way and maybe you just want to receive the free gift that Jesus is offering. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand if you're in the room. Nobody's looking around. If you're online, there's going to be a button in the chat that you can place just as a way of saying, Jesus, I'm choosing to receive your forgiveness. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me, that you rose again conquered death and hell so that I could have a relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe you're in this place today and you're just angry. You're hurting. And you don't want to anymore. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but what I am going to ask you to do as we move into response time is do something about it. So Jesus, continue to move. Bring freedom, bring healing.
Jesus' name. Amen.